ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد ونون حديث اوصوا ابو ذر رضي الله عنه أن أناسا من أصحاب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قالوا للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يا رسول الله ذهب أهل الدثور بالأجور يصلون كما نصلي ويسومون كما نسوم ويتصدقون بفضول أموالهم قال أوليس قد جعل الله لكم ما تصدقون إن بكل تسبيحة صدقة وكل تكبيرة صدقة وكل تحميدة صدقة وكل تهليلة صدقة وأمر بالمعروف صدقة ونهي عن منكر صدقة وفي بضع أحدكم صدقة قالوا يا رسول الله أيأتي أحدنا شهوته ويكون له فيها أجر قال أرأيتم لو وضعها في حرام أكان عليه فيها وزر فكذلك إذا وضعها في الحلال كان له أجر Hadith narrated in Sahih Muslim. In this hadith, some of the companions of the Messenger uh, وسلم, they came to him and they said, O Messenger of Allah, the affluent, the people who are well off, they have gone with all of the reward, they have taken the reward, they pray as we pray. And they fast as we fast. And they give charity with the extra wealth that they have. They give charity with the surplus wealth that they have. So the Prophet ﷺ said, Has Allah not made things for you to give away in charity? Has Allah not made things for you to give away in charity too? Every tasbih, when you say, Subhanallah, is a charity. And every takbir, when you say Allahu Akbar, is a charity. And every tahmeed, when you say Alhamdulillah, is a charity. And every tahleel, when you say La ilaha illallah, is a charity. To enjoin the good is a charity. And to forbid the evil is a charity. And in your intimate relations is a charity. They said, O Messenger of Allah, will one of us have some reward when he fulfills his desire, the intimate desire? He said, do you not think that if he were to do an unlawful act, that he would be sinning? Meaning that if he were to fulfill his intimate desire unlawfully, then would that not be sinning? Then similarly, if he has done it lawfully, he will have a reward. If he has done it lawfully, then he will have a reward. This hadith then, of Abu Dhar, radiallahu anhu, it mentions within it various ways of attaining goodness. As Shaykh al-Fawzan says, هذا الحديث, 
في هذا الحديث بيان كثرة طرق الخير. In this hadith is an explanation of the various different ways that you can achieve goodness. وأن الله سبحانه وتعالى يسر طرق الخير لكل أحد يريد الخير الغني والفقير. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the ways easy to attain goodness, whether you are rich or poor. Allah has made the ways easy for people to attain goodness, whether you are rich or poor. So when some of the companions of the Prophet wasallam they came to him and they said, that the people who are rich, they have taken the reward. They have gone with the reward. The people who are rich and they are affluent and they have lots of money, more than what they need. They have surplus, they have plenty. They said, O Messenger of Allah, they have taken the reward. They've gone with the reward. How come? Why? Because they said, those rich people, يُسَلُّونَ كَمَا نُسَلِّي They pray just like we pray. وَيَسُومُونَ كَمَا نَسْهُمَ and they fast just like we fast. Meaning that we're poor and they are rich. We do all of these praying and fasting and all of these physical acts of worship. They similarly do all of those acts of worship like us too. Prayer and fasting etc. Even the poor person can do all of that. The prayer, the fasting, these acts of worship. So they said we do that and they do that too. But then on top of that, they said to the Prophet ﷺ, on top of that, they also يَتَصَدَّقُونَ بِفُضُولِ أَمْوَالِهِمْ They are also able to give in charity with the surplus extra spare money that they've got too because they're rich. So they said they've gone better than us. They do all of the things that we do, pray and fast and everything. But then on top of that, they give lots of charity with all of this extra money they have. And that's something we can't do, we're poor. So they've gone with the rewards, they've taken extra reward. So then, when they mentioned this to the Prophet ﷺ, that they give in charity with the extra money that they have, the money which is on top of what their needs are. And this is something, no doubt, that somebody who is rich, somebody who has wealth, then they are able to give extra money in charity and they are able to give and aid in extra ways financially because they have that extra finance that Allah has blessed them with. And this indicates therefore, it is an evidence, عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْأَغْنِيَةَ يُسْتَحَبُّ لَهُمْ أَنْ يُنْفِقُوا مِنْ أَمْوَالِهِمْ وَيُوَسِّعُوا عَلَى النَّاسِ بِمَا وَسَّعَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ There is an evidence in this. When the companions, they came and they said that those rich people have taken the rewards because they give in charity from their wealth. It's an evidence that those who have wealth, those who have money, those who have the financial means, it is recommended, mustahab, for them who have the extra money and the surplus money that Allah has blessed them with, mustahab for them to give in charity and to aid the others and to cooperate with the others, aid them and uh, make the affair easy for other people who are less off 
or for the people who are worse than them in the situation, it is mustahab for those whom Allah has blessed them with wealth, to give in charity from that wealth. And again, that is one of the characteristics of the believers that Allah mentioned right at the beginning. You'll find it in the Mus'haf in Surah Al-Baqarah. يُنْفِقُونَ مِمَّا رَزَقَنَاهُمْ That they spend from that which we have blessed them with. They spend the believers from that which we have given them. So it is mustahab for the one who has plentiful wealth. And Allah has given him that plentiful wealth that he spends in charity in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is because Allah has blessed that individual with wealth and has made the affair easy for him with this plentiful wealth. Then similarly that person should try to make the affair of others easy. Allah has made his affair easy with plentiful wealth. Then similarly that person should in turn help others and do the favor upon others from the blessing that Allah has given him in terms of that wealth that he can then give in the way of Allah. And that is as Allah said in the Quran, وَأَحْسِنْ كَمَا أَحْسَنَ اللَّهُ إِلَيْكَ And do goodness just as Allah did goodness to you. Do goodness just as Allah did goodness to you. يَعْنِي أَحْسِنْ إِلَى النَّاسِ بِالصَّدَقَاتِ كَمَا أَحْسَنَ اللَّهُ إِلَيْكَ بِالْمَالِ Meaning, be good to the people with your charity. Just as Allah did this goodness to you in this blessing of giving you plenty of money in the first place. In another ayah of the Qur'an, Allah said, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَنْفِقُوا مِمَّا رَزَقَنَاكُمْ O you who believe, then spend from that which we have blessed you with, from that which we have given you, from that which we have provided you. And uh, in another ayah, وَأَنْفِقُوا مِمَّا جَعَلَكُمْ مُسْتَخْلَفِينَ فِيهِ And spend from that which Allah has made you, uh, has left you upon, has made you to be upon, that which Allah has given you, then spend from it. فَلَيْسَ الْمَقْسُودُ أَنْ يَجْمَعَ الْإِنسَانُ الْمَالِ So the point is not that a person gathers his wealth. وَلَا يُعْطِي مِنْهُ And that he does not give anything from it. هَذَا يَكُونُ كَالْمُسْتَوْدِعُ الَّذِي تُجَمَّعُ فِيهِ الْأَمْوَالِ وَلَا يَنْتَفِعُ بِهَا that person becomes like, like a warehouse, a storehouse, where you go and you store the items and you stack them up, and it's a storage place. This person becomes like a storage place. You keep piling it up, you keep stacking it up, and you never get any of it to go, you never give any of it to anyone. This is not befitting. It's as if this person now stacks up his wealth, and he's keen to guard over it and preserve it. His wealth, he doesn't want it to go anywhere. Maybe he doesn't even spend upon himself from it. So here now, this was the point that the companions were making. That the rich people, they have all of this extra money and they have all of this wealth. And they can do that extra action of giving in charity. 
Whereas the poor, they don't have the ability, they don't have this extra wealth, they don't have the extra provisions. So how can they do that and get that reward and give in charity when they don't have it? So they were saying to the Prophet ﷺ, they were mentioning this affair to the Prophet ﷺ, asking about this affair. لِذَلِكَ شَكَ الْفُقَرَاءُ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ هَذَا وَهَذَا فِيهِ دَلِيلٌ عَلَى أَنَّ الْمُسْلِمَ يَنْبَغِي أَنْ يَحْرِسَ عَلَى فِعْلِ الْخَيْرِ So some of the companions, they were mentioning this and they were upset by this, that the poor from amongst them couldn't do that charity and get those rewards. And this indicates how keen they were, how enthusiastic they were to do goodness. That they came to the Prophet ﷺ and they said, The poor ones, what can we do? We don't have the ability to give in charity as the rich do. They were keen and enthusiastic to find out what are the ways of goodness. They knew this particular way wasn't available to them. So they came to ask the Prophet ﷺ to speak to him about it. The rich ones, they do all of that. But they were saying, we are poor, what can we do? We can't do this. So they were talking to the Prophet ﷺ regarding that. And they were upset or they were uh, uh, unsettled by the fact that they were unable to do this goodness. وَأَنْ يَنْدَمَ إِذَا لَمْ يَتَمَكَّنْ مِنْ فِعْلِ الْخَيْرِ فَإِنَّهُ يُؤْجَرُ عَلَى نَدَمِهِ And if a person has this type of regret over not being able to do some goodness, then he will be rewarded over it. They were regretting that they had no wealth to be able to give in charity. They wanted to give in charity. They wanted to give in the way of Allah, but they were regretful because they didn't have anything. So they were, they were uh, somewhat grieved by this fact that they didn't have this wealth to give. فهو يعمل به في ماله فينفقه في حقه ورجل آتاه الله علما ولم يؤته مالا فهو يقول لو كان لي مثل مال هذا عملت فيه مثل الذي يعمله. So when the poor person sees the rich person giving in charity, then he desires that if only he had that money, if he had that money, then he would give in the way of Allah. He desires to do the goodness. Not that a person desires to have wealth, to fulfill his own desires, to buy the houses and to buy the cars. That's not what's meant here. What's meant here is that the poor one, then he sees a rich one, and he desires that he had that wealth too, in order that he could then worship Allah by giving it in charity. In order that he could fulfill that action of goodness in giving in the way of Allah. And there is a hadith about this. That the example of this ummah is like the example of four individuals. A man whom Allah gave him wealth and knowledge. So he acts upon it in his wealth and he spends it in the correct way. And another man whom Allah gave him knowledge but did not give him wealth. Another man whom Allah gave him knowledge but did not give him wealth. So he says, if I had what that one had, then I would have done with it what he is doing with it. If I had the wealth that he has, then I would have done what he is doing. Meaning I would have given in charity, and I would have obeyed Allah and worshipped Allah through giving in charity for the sake of Allah. 
So the Prophet ﷺ said regarding them, فَهُمَا فِي الْأَجْرِ سَوَا So they are both equal in their reward. They are both equal in their reward. هَذَا عَلَىٰ إِنْفَاقِهِ وَهَذَا عَلَىٰ نِيَّتِهِ طَيِّبًا The one, the first one, for actually spending from the wealth which Allah gave him in the path of Allah, and the second one for having that desire, that intention, that had he the money, if he had the money, then he would have done that, worshipped Allah and been obedient to Allah, and given in charity for the sake of Allah. So these companions, they were concerned by this affair, that they didn't have the wealth to give in charity in that way. They were concerned by this affair. So they came and they complained to the Prophet So the Prophet then said to them, when they said, look, the rich people, they've taken the rewards, they've gone with the reward. We pray and they pray, we fast and they fast. But on top of that, they give in charity and get all those rewards and we can't do that. So then the Prophet ﷺ said to them, أَوَلَيْسَ قَدْ جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ مَا تَصَدَّقُونَ Has Allah not made for you, has Allah not made for you things that you can give in charity with? Are there no other means that you have to give in charity with? فَتَحَ لَهُمُ الْبَابَ So the Prophet ﷺ then opened up the door to them, explained to them, that there are many ways for you to achieve the reward too. If you don't have wealth, you are genuinely in poverty, you're not in a state where you have surplus money to give in charity in that way. There are many other ways you can achieve reward too. So the Prophet ﷺ then explained to them, إِنَّ بِكُلِّ تَسْبِيحَ صَدَقَةٍ In every tasbih, your statement, subhanallah, in this remembrance of Allah, then that is within it, charity. وَكُلِّ تَكْبِيرَةٍ And in every statement, Allahu Akbar. The greatness of Allah, Allahu Akbar, in this supplication is a charity. وَكُلِّ تَحْمِيدَةٍ صَدَقَةٍ And your statement, Alhamdulillah. Then within that, praise of Allah, your statement, your supplication, Alhamdulillah. There is charity. وَكُلِّ تَهْلِيلَ صَدَقَةٍ and in every statement, لا إله إلا الله Upon that there is charity. هذا خير كثير This is a great amount of good. كلمات يسيرة وهي صدقات Such simple words that you say, and they are charity. ولا تخسر شيئا من المال And you don't lose anything from your wealth. You don't lose anything from your wealth to supplicate and to do the remembrance of Allah with these words. كَذَلِكَ سِمَلَلِي أَمْرٌ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَنَهْيٌ عَمْ مُنْكَرٍ Enjoining the good and forbidding the evil. Enjoining the good and forbidding the evil, then that is also from the charity. Enjoining the good, the goodness is all of the worship and the obedience to Allah. Enjoining all of the worship and the obedience to Allah. And at the head of all of that worship and obedience to Allah is Tawheed. Enjoining that Tawheed. And all of the other worships and the obediences to Allah. That is all known as Ma'roof. When you say, enjoin the good, 
Al-amru bil ma'roof. Ma'roof means all of the goodness and the obedience to Allah. At the head of that, the tawheed. So enjoining that good, the ma'roof. And forbidding the evil. Forbidding the evil, that is everything which is sin and disobedience to Allah. And why is the ma'roof known as ma'roof? And why is the munkar known as munkar? Ma'roof in Arabic means something which is known. Something which is known. Here, because the sound soul of a person, the natural disposition of a person, then he knows in of himself the goodness. You recognize the goodness and you accept that in your soul. As for the evil, then that is something that your soul rejects. Rejection, munkar, to be rejected. So the good is something that you are inclined to and that is good and you recognize it as good. And the evil is something that you reject, the soul it rejects. فَالْأَمْرُ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَالنَّهِيُ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ أَمْرُهُمَا عَظِيمٌ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ So enjoining the good and forbidding the evil, it is a great affair. Enjoining the good and forbidding the evil is a great affair in Islam. قَالَ تَعَالَى Allah said, كُنْتُمْ خَيْرَ أُمَّةٍ أُخْرِجَتْ لِلنَّاسِ تَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَتَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ وَتُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ That you were the best of the people placed amongst the nations, amongst the people, يعني, you enjoin the good and you forbid the evil and you believe in Allah. So you were the best of the people placed down, the best of the people why? What's the characteristic? That you enjoin the good and you forbid the evil and you have the iman in Allah. Enjoining the good and forbidding the evil and the iman in Allah. هَذَا فِيهِ تَعَدِّ الْخَيْرِ مِنَ الْإِنسَانِ إِلَىٰ And when you enjoin the good and forbid the evil, then in essence, you are passing on the goodness from yourself to somebody else too. You are passing on the goodness from yourself to somebody else. How? Because if you see someone smoking a cigarette, and you go and you advise him, you tell him, my brother, it's haram. This is not permissible in Islam. It's going to ruin your body. It's going to ruin your health. It is something not allowed within the religion of Islam to do that. To ruin your health and to ruin your body and to waste your money on such items. All of it haram. So you enjoin the good and you forbid the evil. The person, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up his heart perhaps, and he accepts the advice and he stops. So he saves hundreds, maybe thousands of pounds a year, that he ends up giving in charity instead. He makes his body healthier and fitter, so he can worship Allah and pray, and pray the night prayer, because he's not smoking anymore. All of those goods, then due to your enjoining the good and forbidding the evil after the blessing of Allah, then that goodness from you has transpired, or transferred onto that other party. Your enjoining the good and forbidding the evil has led to goodness upon another person. By making him do something good, or advising him to do something good, or advising him to leave something bad. So the goodness it transfers across. فَلَا يَكْفِي أَن تُصْلِحَ نَفْسَكَ بَلْ تُحَاوِلْ أَن تُصْلِحَ غَيْرَكَ so it is not sufficient that you only attempt to rectify yourselves, but rather you rectify yourselves and you attempt to help your friends and your family. The family first, then the friends, the society, the community, the people, your brothers, the sisters. You attempt to give that da'wah and to rectify others too. 
إذا أرشد إذا أرشدت غيرك إلى الخير وحذرته من الشر فقد تصدقت عليه صدقة عظيمة. So if you enjoin the good and you forbid the evil and you advise the people with the truth and you counsel them and you advise them against the bid'ah and the shirk and the haram and you enjoin the good and forbid the evil in that way, then the Shaykh says, Shaykh Al-Fawzan, you have given them indeed a great charity. You have acted upon a great charity in doing that. لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ يَنْفَعَهُ أَكْثَرَ يَنْفَعَهُ بِهَا أَكْثَرَ مِمَّا يَنْفَعَهُ الْمَالِ Because your advice to that person, you're enjoining the good and forbidding the evil, Allah may cause that person to benefit more from that advice than actually wealth. Another person may give in charity to that person, he benefits from the money for a while. Your advice and you're enjoining the good and forbidding the evil, that could end up being an even greater impact upon that person, an even greater charity upon that person than money itself. فَالْأَمْرُ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَالنَّهِيَ الْمُنْكَرِ فَضْلُهُ عَظِيمٌ وَنَفْعُهُ كَبِيرٌ So enjoining the good and forbidding the evil, then it has a great virtue to it. It has a great virtue uh, to that act. And its benefit is great. It has a great virtue and its benefit is great. وَهُوَ عَلَى حَسَبِ مَا يَسْتَطِيعُ الْإِنسَانِ And everybody enjoins the good and forbids the evil in according or in accordance to your ability. In accordance to your ability, you enjoin the good and you forbid the evil. So nobody should say, أَنَا لَا أَسْتَطِيعُ أَنَا أَمْرَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَأَنْهَا عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ Nobody should say, I'm not able to enjoin any good or forbid any evil. You see somebody smoking one of your friends from your colleagues, you advise them, why can't you? You see somebody drinking alcohol from someone you know, your friends, your colleagues from your people, advise them, why can't you? Nobody should say, I can't do anything, I can't do anything. Even the simple things to advise each other that you know are haram, that you know is not allowed, or you know something should be done and it's not being done. The prayer five times a day. Everybody knows the obligation of the prayer five times a day. You amongst your friends, if they're not praying, then advise them, why can't you? Everybody knows the obligation of praying five times a day. So nobody should say, I can't do anything. But it's in accordance to your ability. مَنْ رَأَ مِنْكُمْ مُنْكَرًا فَلْيُغَيِّرْهُ The Prophet ﷺ said, Whomsoever sees an evil from you, then change it with your hand. And whomsoever is not able to do so with his hand, then with his tongue. And if you're not able to do so with your tongue, then in your heart. فَإِنْ لَمْ يَسْتَطِعْ فَبِلِسَانِ فَإِنْ لَمْ يَسْتَطِعْ فَبِقَلْبِ وَذَلِكَ أَضْعَفُ الْإِيمَانِ And that is the weakest of iman. فَدَلَّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ لَا يُعْذَرُ أَحَدٌ فِي الْأَمْرِ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَنَهِعُ الْمُنْكَرِ So this indicates that nobody is excused from enjoining the good and forbidding the evil. You can see that everybody is able to do something, even if it's just to advise your colleagues to pray five times a day. We all know the obligation of that. So nobody can say, I'm excused, I can't do anything. I can't enjoin any good or forbid any evil. لَكِنْ كُلٌّ بِحَسَبِ مَا يَسْتَطِيعُ But every individual does it in accordance to what he is able. So of course, one of the greatest factors will be knowledge. Depending on how much knowledge you have, then you'll be able to enjoy the good and forbid the evil. You can only enjoy the good and forbid the evil upon knowledge. If you don't have any knowledge of an affair, you can't enjoin it or forbid it. So the basics, like we said, everybody knows about the obligation of the five prayers. 
You will have knowledge of that. So you can enjoy the good and forbid the evil regarding that. You all know the impermissibility of alcohol. You know the impermissibility of smoking. You know the impermissibility of illicit relations outside of marriage. Everybody knows these things. So you can advise with that and enjoy the good and forbid the evil amongst your companions and amongst those you know. But for the affairs that are greater and they require knowledge, then no doubt a person needs to have knowledge regarding the affairs so that he knows that he's enjoying the good and forbidding the evil in the correct manner. Also, as this hadith says, it will be dependent on your ability. Sometimes you can change something with your hand physically, and that will typically be the one who is in charge, the one who is in authority. You have a leader of a country who is in authority. Then he could physically send out his government, his army, and they could physically go and stop certain types of haram. Physically. Or if you are the head of the household, the head of the household, you can physically stop any evil occurring. You can physically say, we're not going to have this item coming into our house. We're not going to have this particular thing in our house. You're the head of the household. So you can enjoy the good enough with the evil physically. Tell them, we're removing this, we're removing that. You're the head of the household. This is haram, we're not having it here, get rid of it. This is haram, we're not having it, get rid of it. That is halal and that's what you should be doing. So we are going to have that in the house. You have the authority to do that. But as for the one who doesn't have authority, now walking on the streets, if you see some evil, you don't have the authority to go and physically hit someone or beat someone. You don't have the authority to do that. So then perhaps you try to change the affair with your tongue by speaking to the people, by explaining and advising. And if you're not able to do any of that, not even with the tongue, then at least hate the evil that is occurring in your heart. And that is the lowest of the iman. Then towards the end of the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ also mentioned, وَفِي بُضْعِي أَحَدِيكُمْ That in the intimate relations that an individual has between the husband and the wife, then there is also charity within that. There is also charity within that. And no doubt, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or rather the person, humans, they have within them this desire they have within them this desire for the intimate relations. Uh, and that is how Allah has created the people, males and females from Bani Adam. And this is a test. This is also within this a test that these desires, they exist within the humans. And at the same time, it is for the good of the humans, for the good of the creation. And that is due to then offspring being born and the children being born, and the lineage continuing, and all of these affairs. However, this desire, the intimate desire, it can be dangerous upon an individual. It can be dangerous if it is not implemented in the correct manner. So that is why in this final section of the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that if it was implemented in the correct manner, then there is reward in that. Because the companions, they asked, they said, If one of us was to have intimate relations with our spouses, then is there reward in that? The Prophet ﷺ said, He said to them, consider, if a person went and fulfilled that intimate desire in a haram manner, outside of marriage, 
in a manner that is impermissible and haram to something that is unlawful to him, a woman who is unlawful to him, would that not be a sin? Would that not be a sin upon the person? Fornication? Of course it would be a sin. A great sin, a major sin. So similarly the Prophet said to them, if it is a sin to go and fulfill that desire in the haram manner, for the one who follows the laws of Allah and fulfills it in the halal manner, then for that individual, for those individuals, there is reward. So this was in order for the issue to be understood. If a person commits fornication, haram, and there is sin. But if a person follows the laws of Allah and fulfills that desire upon marriage, upon the halal manner, within the halal ways, then there is reward for the person, the opposite. Fulfill it in the halal manner, then there's reward for it. فَكَذَلِكَ إِذَا وَضَعَهَا فِي الْحَلَالِ كَانَ لَهُ So if the person fulfills it in the correct manner, then there is reward for him. So the Prophet ﷺ explained to them how there is even reward in this act. There is even reward in the fulfillment of that desire if it is done in the halal and the proper manner in accordance to the laws of the religion. Uh, and similarly in the Quran it is mentioned that same point, that same point is mentioned regarding fulfilling the desire in the halal manner and not in any manner which is haram. Uh, for those who do it in the haram manner, then they are the oppressors. So Allah has placed a punishment upon those who fulfill that in the haram manner. And there is a punishment upon them in this world. For the ones who fulfill that desire in the haram manner. For the one who is married, the one who is married and then he commits fornication, then death by stoning. And for the one who was a virgin, then he is whipped and he is excluded. He is ex banished. He is banished. He is banished from the land. Banished from the land for a period of time. So there are punishments that are mentioned regarding the ones who fornicate. So no doubt that is evil. And as for the ones who then uh, fulfill it in the halal, then similarly on the other side there is reward. And that is why the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that this is also a sadaqah. It is a sadaqah for the one who performs that in the correct manner. فَهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ فِيهِ سَعَةُ فَضْلِ اللَّهِ So this hadith, it has within it the expansive virtue of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon a person. The great virtues of Allah upon His creation. The great amount of goodness you can do. Statements, simple words upon your tongue of remembrance. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah. Giving the enjoining the good and forbidding the evil, advising the people. Even in the intimate relations done in the halal manner. Then all of that is from the charity as the Prophet ﷺ mentioned. So even if the Prophet ﷺ was explaining to them, even if you are not like the rich people and you can't give money in charity for the sake of Allah. Even if you can't do that, then you can all do these things. You can all say, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, enjoying the good, forbid the evil, the intimate relations in the halal manner. Then these types of affairs, it doesn't require wealth, it doesn't require money. 
So even if you don't have the money, then there are many ways the Prophet ﷺ was explaining that you can do this goodness and you can achieve the reward. وَفِيهِ أَنَّ الْعَادَاتِ مَعَ النِّيَّةِ صَالِحَةِ تَتَحَوَّلُ إِلَى عِبَادَاتِ كَمَا فِي وَضْعِ الرَّجُلِ شَهْوَتَةِ هَذِهِ عَادَةٌ إِذَا نَوَى بِهَا إِعْفَافُ نَفْسِهِ وَإِعْفَافَ زَوْجَتِهِ وَالْكَفَّ عَنِ الْحَرَامِ صَارَتْ عِبَادَةِ فَيَنْبَغِي لِلْإِنسَانِ أَنْ يُحْسِنَ نِيَّتَهُ فِي جَمِيعِ أُمُورِهِ حَتَّى يُؤْجَرَ عَلَيْهَا The hadith also indicates <coughs> The hadith also indicates that actions that are typically standard, typical, normal actions, that you wouldn't think they are acts of worship. Those normal, standard, typical actions, if you make a righteous intention, if you make a righteous intention for doing them, you could be rewarded for them. For example, the relations between the husband and the wife, the intimate relations between the husband and the wife, an act which occurs between the husband and the wife. But if the person, the people, the husband and the wife, they make the intention, this is in order that we protect ourselves from haram. The intimate relations occur in the halal manner so we can protect ourselves from ever falling into haram. We can stop our desires for the haram by fulfilling them in the halal. Then having this righteous intention, then that could end up for the person being rewarded, even though it's a casual act that you wouldn't consider as an act of worship perhaps. By having the righteous intention, then it could be considered as a worship that a person has reward for. And that's why the Shaykh concludes by saying, every person should always make his intention good and righteous and pious in whatever act he is engaging in. So that's why we'll conclude today upon that narration. And inshallah ta'ala next week, there are two events, Sundays on as well. Huh? So next week on Saturday, in this hall, downstairs in the main hall, there is a big conference for the full day. Starting at approximately Dhuhr time, 1.32 p.m. All the way till the evening, there'll be four or five different lectures. Throughout the day, there'll be stalls, there'll be food, there'll be books to sell, all types of things, a full event. Next Saturday from 1.00 p.m. till the evening. So you should come that day, bring your friends, your families, invite the community. There'll be lectures going on all day, talking about Islam, talking about the way of the Sahaba, talking about the Quran and the Sunnah. So especially people, you want to try to encourage them to practice. They want to get off their old ways. The next week on Saturday is an excellent opportunity. So you should try to bring your friends and family on the Saturday for that event. There'll be food, there'll be books, there'll be all types of things, free dawah materials. So bring your friends and your families and everybody and encourage them on Saturday, coming this Saturday, uh, here in this hall, inshallah. And then on the Sunday, next Sunday at the same time, we'll have this normal lesson as well. So two uh, full weekend next week, inshallah ta'ala. So we'll meet then.